This episode of The Orthodox Conundrum is dealing with the Trump administration separation policy, where parents and children are separated at the U.S.-Mexico border. Just as I was releasing this podcast, word came in that thankfully, Donald Trump has decided by executive order to reverse this policy and is now keeping families together. We're thrilled that this has happened. The podcast, which deals with this issue, is still relevant in terms of Orthodox Jews' responsibilities towards the world at large, how they deal with the Trump administration, as well as the responses of the Orthodox Union and Agudat Yisrael to issues that arise with this particular administration. This is the Orthodox Conundrum on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Scott Kahn. And this week, throughout the United States, including in the Orthodox community, the single biggest item of discussion has been the new policy of the Trump administration where children who cross the border illegally with their parents are separated from those parents. This is a new policy. It's a policy that's based on the law, but it's a new implementation of the law that generally was not done in the past and certainly not done to this degree. This podcast is about the Orthodox world. It's not about American politics. However, as I'll shortly mention, I'm going to be dealing with the Orthodox response to it, which is why we're talking about it today. But before we get to that, let's briefly review what is happening, because there's so much misinformation that's being bandied about it's important to first get to the root of the problem, the root of the issue. And I want to thank Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Pill of Emory Law School in Atlanta, who posted some of the basic ideas, some of the basic legal factors, and he gave me permission to quote him on this podcast. It comes down to this, which is that there's a law which prohibits crossing the U.S. border at places other than designated border crossing. The statute that says this says that doing so is a misdemeanor, for a first offense. However, it also states the violations of this law may be prosecuted as civil offenses. That's the prosecutor's discretion. Whether it's going to be prosecuted as a crime, that is a misdemeanor, or as a civil offense, which is not a crime. Now, in 1997, based on the class action suit, it was called the Flores Settlement, established that unaccompanied minors, that means children caught entering the United States without an adult, can be detained by immigration services for up to 20 days. After that, they must be released to a parent, guardian, relative, caretaker, or to the least restrictive custody possible. And in 2008, the Trafficking Victims Protection Reauthorization Act was signed into law, and it said that unaccompanied minors, again, children with no guardian, if they're apprehended illegally crossing the border, they must be turned over to the Department of Health and Human Services for resettlement within three days of being taken into custody by INS. Now, the issue here is that these laws all state that children who are unaccompanied minors are taken into custody. Now, before May of 2018, the policy of the federal government across the most recent administrations, that means the Clinton administration, the Bush administration, and the Obama administration, was generally not to proceed against those caught crossing the border illegally as criminals. It was generally not to bring criminal charges against those crossing the border illegally. That means that these individuals were detained only long enough to assign them a deportation hearing date and then released, since they weren't being charged with any crimes. There were exceptions to this, such as 
illegal entrants the prosecutors believed or possibly believed were engaged in criminal activities other than simply crossing the border illegally. It was certainly not the policy of any previous administration to criminally prosecute all illegal entrants into the United States. In general, in fact, prosecutors avoided doing so when it came to families or entrants accompanying children unless they believed that those children were not actually the children of those people coming in, as in the case of child trafficking. This is a routine exercise of prosecutorial discretion. There's no need to treat crossing the border illegally as a misdemeanor rather than as a civil offense. However, last month in May, the Justice Department under the Trump administration adopted a zero-tolerance policy towards illegal entrance, and that means that in contrast to what previous administrations did, the Justice Department has decided to criminally prosecute everybody caught crossing the United States border illegally. And that has serious consequences. Most specifically for our purpose, since an adult who has crossed the border illegally, taken into custody means that he no longer has guardianship over his children for that time that he's in custody, meaning the children don't have a guardian who's available for them, the children automatically become unaccompanied minors. That means that since they're unaccompanied minors, according to the law that I mentioned a moment ago, they may be taken into custody and may be removed from their parents. Thanks once again to Rabbi Dr. Shlomo Pill, from whose post I have been quoting and paraphrasing. So, when Donald Trump says that the law requires the children to be separated from their parents, when he says that this is a law enacted by a Democratic Congress, that is false. The law does say that unaccompanied minors are taken into custody. The law also gives prosecutors discretion to treat illegal entrants as criminals. However, the decision to do so in every single case, which was not done by previous administrations, is Trump's own. That's his decision. When he says that he wishes it were otherwise, he could, with the stroke of a pen, change it. But he chose not to. So there is a zero-tolerance policy right now, which makes children separate from their parents. Now, does that mean that we should just let all legal entrants come into the country? Of course not. At the same time, just because they're doing something wrong does not mean that this is the solution. Separating children from their parents is an evil thing. It is not acceptable at all under any circumstances of illegal entry into the country, unless those situations where they believe that there is actually a crime against those children. Now, why am I mentioning this on the Orthodox Conundrum? The reason is that this has been a major topic of discussion in the Orthodox community. It started, in fact, at least to my mind, when the Orthodox Union last week honored Jeff Sessions at the Orthodox Union dinner. And the Orthodox Union was roundly criticized for honoring Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, who, if not quite the author of this policy, is the one administrating it and one in charge of it and who is defending it constantly. The spokespeople of the Orthodox Union stated that they spoke to him privately about this matter. And frankly, I don't necessarily think the Orthodox Union had much of a choice. They have many, many issues on their plate. And for them to go and to disinvite the Attorney General is a very major statement. And in particular, with the Trump administration, which obviously, anyone watching can see this, puts a premium on personal relationships. 
I'm sure some people will not agree with what I'm about to say, but I think that Trump himself develops policy around people he likes and hires people he likes rather than choosing the people for the job who philosophically are inclined in the same direction that he would like to go. I don't think he has such a way of thinking. Things are about personal relationships. Anytime you see Trump discuss his personal relationship with various world leaders, whatever they might be, it demonstrates that this is an important part of his understanding of how things work. And people who are against him are people he is not going to help. They're people he may even try to hurt. This may not be true. You can disagree with me. However, it certainly is something that an organization that's there to lobby for a certain group has to take into account. And to therefore disinvite the attorney general and in effect spit in Trump's face, as satisfying as that might be, it may not be a smart thing to do. So I don't criticize the Orthodox Union for having the dinner with Jeff Sessions, a dinner that was obviously planned well in advance of this policy. However, there was a lot of brushback. And the Orthodox Union, correctly in my mind, released a statement afterwards saying that first, that they spoke with Jeff Sessions privately, expressing their disapproval of this process of zero tolerance. Then later on, the Orthodox Union went even further. They signed a letter along with 26 other Jewish organizations, to the best of my mind, none of them Orthodox, which condemned this policy in harsh terms. And in fact, I'm now going to read you a statement from... Moshe Bain, who's the president of the OU, I'm writing to update you on the Orthodox Union's engagement and advocacy in the current debate over the U.S. government's immigration enforcement policies at the border with Mexico. The Orthodox Union's position is clear. We are opposed to the administration's zero-tolerance policy under which parents and children are separated. The OU holds this position based upon the Torah's values, which recognize the family unit as sacred and the building block of society. In advocating for the reversal of this policy, we met privately last week with Attorney General Jeff Sessions prior to his addressing our leadership mission to Washington and expressed our concerns about the policy. Further, the OU joined with other national Jewish organizations in signing a public letter to the Attorney General and Secretary of Homeland Security. This letter clearly and unequivocally states its opposition to enforcement of the zero-tolerance policy by separating children from parents. This week, we anticipate Congress taking up legislation that will address the administration's policy and seeks to reverse it. The OU is working with key legislators with respect to this effort and expects to endorse the resulting legislation and advocate for it. We will continue to update you on proposed legislation as it develops. Call a kavod. I'm glad they did the right thing. I find it hard to believe any Orthodox Jew who really looks at the Torah's sources would advocate doing what the Trump administration is doing right now. As I said, I understand that advocacy organizations like the Orthodox Union must take the long-term view in addition to looking at the immediate situation. If they alienate the administration too much, they can undermine other things that they want to accomplish. However, when something is clearly a massive violation of Torah values and Torah law, the OU must act. Now, how this fits under Torah law is a question for post sake. I'm not trying to, to say that Torah law describes what to do about the United States border. It's a different question. However, I find it hard to believe that an Orthodox Jew could believe and accept that somehow separating parents and children is in line with Torah values. It can't be. 
The Torah's emphasis on the family unit is so extreme in a positive way that it is impossible to believe that this is a system which people who follow the Torah can advocate or defend in any way whatsoever. And therefore, it's good that the OU came forward. And after the OU statement came forward, their first statement, this was their second one, I wrote to Agudat Yisrael of America, Rabbi Avi Shafrin in particular, to ask if they had a statement about it, because up to that point, they hadn't said anything. And Rabbi Shafrin wrote back to me that they were going to be releasing a statement shortly. I will be very upfront that in my own hashkafat olam, my own way of viewing the world, I certainly am closer to the viewpoints advocated by groups like the Orthodox Union than those advocated by groups like Agudat Yisrael. In fact, I've criticized Agudat Yisrael loudly and vociferously in the past. In this particular case, Agudat Yisrael came out better, in my opinion, than the OU. The OU statement was fine, but Agudat Yisrael's statement was much stronger and more unequivocal in its condemnation. Let me read you what the Aguda came out with. Agudat Yisrael of America expresses its very deep concern and disappointment over the recently adopted policy of separating the members of families who have entered the United States illegally. It is a practice that has caused and will continue to cause profound suffering and pain to both parents and children. We implore that the policy be immediately rescinded and that affected families be reunited. The problem of illegal immigration is a serious one, and we support reasonable efforts by the administration and legislature to effectively stem the flow of would-be immigrants who have not been accepted through the legal immigration system. And here comes the part with which I'm impressed. But the United States, a shining beacon of freedom in the world, must always exhibit humanity and compassion in its laws and policies. Seeking to enforce our statutes does not relieve us of this moral obligation. The extreme anguished fear and trauma born of separating undocumented immigrant family members, which is particularly harmful to children, deeply offend our highest values. It is wrong and unjustifiable. As Jews, we find this practice particularly loathsome. For millennia, Jews in the diaspora have suffered many forms of persecution, including, among the most tragic, the forced breakup of our families. It is a punishment that neither parents nor children should ever have to endure. Wow. Kol HaKavod to them. We find this practice particularly loathsome. It is wrong and unjustifiable. That's strong language. That's a Torah organization. That's saying what needs to be said about a policy which is morally heinous. As I said, I often disagree with the Aguda. There are a lot of things I think they do that are not correct. In this case, the strength of their statement makes me proud. The Orthodox Conundrum as a podcast is designed to expose hypocrisy, but also to demonstrate when we do things right in the Orthodox community. And this is an example where the OU, and to a greater degree, Agudat Yisrael of America, has done something that is right and just and morally correct. Condemning the administration is the only path, in my mind, in this situation. Rabbi Shaffin was kind enough to answer a few questions of mine. I'll read you my question to him and I'll also read you his answer. I wrote, I recognize the difficulty for a group like Aguda, which has a specific goal of trying to achieve certain legislative goals on behalf of Kal Yisrael in general and the Orthodox community in particular to speak out against the administration on an issue that, in the most narrow sense, does not affect our community. 
Why did Aguda decide to make such a strong statement against the administration's policy? Rabbi Shaffron responded, We purposely did not specifically reference the president or the attorney general in our statement to indicate that our objection is only to the ill effects of the policy itself. It is indeed rare for us to criticize a president, even a presidential policy. But when the stakes are sufficiently high, just as we did during the Obama administration regarding the Iran deal, or the U.S. is joining the Human Rights Council in 2009, we feel the need to speak up. Here in particular, moreover, our silence might have been construed as satisfaction with the current policy. I also asked Rabbi Shaffron, and by the way, he gave me permission to broadcast his answers. President Trump, this is me, President Trump presents a strange difficulty for Orthodox Jews. On the one hand, his positive stance towards Israel in general, and towards the Netanyahu government in particular, has likely been unmatched in U.S. history. On the other hand, his moral character, exemplified in his language, bullying, history, and more, is not at all in accord with Orthodox values. Why do you think that so many Orthodox Jews who vigorously defend the president have decided that the latter issue, namely his personal character and bullying, etc., is less important than the former, his stance towards Israel and other things that Orthodox Jews seem to like? Rabbi Shaffron answers, I can only surmise that the sort of sheer pragmatism that Jews have practiced over the centuries regarding leaders of the countries of our exile is at play here. Many Orthodox Jews don't seek leaders of exemplary character. Only those who, bottom line, will make decisions they deem to be good ones. Lamentably, some people even seem to admire some of the less-than-stellar behaviors of the president, seeing not the conceit and crassness that others see, but laudable determination and bravado. Now, I think that Rabbi Shaffron is absolutely correct here. As I said a moment ago, for a lobbying organization... The job of those within it is not to distance the president to such a degree that they will not be able to achieve any legislative goals after this issue is over. At the same time, as representatives of the Orthodox community, they must speak out. It's a very tough line. It's not easy to balance that. And as he said to me, when I asked this question, how do you decide how to balance these things? It varies from situation to situation, of course. But I think one thing will always hold true. When protest is deemed to be necessary, it must be done with courtesy, respect, and wisdom. Rare elements, unfortunately, in so much public discourse today. So once again, I thank Rabbi Shaffron for being forthcoming and answering my questions, taking the time to do so. And it's not my place to thank the Aguda, but I do anyway because I'm very pleased with their statement being so strong. But the point I want to make, and we're coming close to the end of this podcast, the point I'd like to make to the audience today is this. It's one thing for an organization like Agudat Israel of America or the Orthodox Union, which has to delicately balance this tension between not distancing itself too much from the administration while at the same time protesting when protest is necessary. It's one thing for groups like that to do so. But I ask this to Orthodox Jews who don't have such a dilemma. To Orthodox Jews who are simply supporters of Donald Trump because they believe in his policies. As is probably clear, I do not count myself as part of that group. As soon as Donald Trump announced his candidacy, I was extremely worried. From the moment that he won the nomination and then later the presidency, I was sickened. And my opinion has not changed. I acknowledge that he has done some things which I support, he moved the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem, sort of. U.S. law still hasn't acknowledged that. That's a different issue. I was worried about that at the time. I was afraid that violence would erupt, but I was wrong. That's a good policy. 
Even President Obama's ambassador to Israel, Dan Shapiro, said that he agrees with that policy. Israel has every right to determine its own capital, whether it's pragmatically a good idea to move the embassy, which is a symbolic move as opposed to a practical move on the ground. That's a different issue. In retrospect, I think it was a good move. I won't knee-jerk reject everything that President Trump does just because he's President Trump. However, I think he is morally a monster. I think that he is an ethical disaster. His language is crass and bullying and cruel. And I ask this of supporters of President Trump. And when I say supporters, I mean people who are my family and my friends, people who are among the finest people I know. I understand when people support President Trump. But I can't understand how they bend over backwards to support a policy which, by almost any measure, is evil. I don't like President Trump. But if he does something good, I hope that I can acknowledge that was a good move. Can supporters of Trump do the same in reverse to say, I like President Trump for whatever reason I do, but this policy is cruel and unacceptable. And I know that many Orthodox Jews are doing that. But there are some Orthodox Jews that I've seen who are defending this cruel policy, who are trying to explain that it's actually a good thing who try to say that it's moral or perhaps they don't care about morality anymore, who use stupid memes on Facebook or wherever to express things like, if someone goes into your house, you kick them out. What about illegal immigrants? That's not the point. The point is family reunification and family separation. The point is tearing away two-year-olds from their parents. How can an Orthodox Jew accept that? How can an Orthodox Jew be anything other than outraged on a religious, moral level? Can you truly believe that the Torah would allow and support such a move? And trying to pretend that all that Trump is doing is implementing a law that was pre-existing and therefore it's not his fault is ignoring the facts. For the record... I find myself usually being more conservative than liberal, if not for the recent destruction of the Republican Party, turning it into a Trumpist bastion rather than a home for authentic conservative values. I would probably consider myself more Republican than Democrat. So this is not coming from somebody who sees himself as a Democrat trashing Republicans. The political thinkers whom I admire most are generally on the conservative side of the spectrum. And yet, I'm sickened by President Trump's attitudes, and since we're talking about this today, his specific policy of tearing children away from their parents at the border when those families enter the United States illegally. And I ask Orthodox Jews, how can you not protest this? How can you defend it? Look into your heart and tell me, how is this a defensible policy? It's not legally required. Even if you want to say, as President Trump has indicated, and let's remember that his administration is not speaking with a single voice, it seems that every member of the cabinet who's spoken about it has a different rationale for this policy. But they have said, among other things, it should be a deterrent, a deterrent so that others don't come over the border with their children. Or some people say, when a parent is put into jail, 
his children are separated and he's an American citizen, why should we act any differently towards illegal immigrants? The answer is simple. If you look carefully, it's not the same case. Illegal immigrants are not inherently criminals. It's a choice, a choice to consider them criminals. It's a choice. And a deterrent? Are you kidding me? Yeah, okay. We have to be careful about illegal immigration. And let's ignore the fact that some of those people who are complaining about illegal immigration are not only the products of immigration themselves, as is the majority of people in the United States, obviously, but they had relatives who died in the Holocaust. Would they say they were in trouble, but they shouldn't come in because they're criminals? Immigrating to the United States illegally makes them criminals. So those relatives who couldn't get into the U.S. and died in the Shoah shouldn't have come in. I am not saying what is going on in Central America is anything like the Shoah. Don't misunderstand me. However, if you believe that illegal immigration particularly for those who are seeking asylum, is a crime? Just think of what you mean and how that might have affected your own relatives. And to say that as a deterrent, at what cost? At the cost of ripping babies from their parents? At the cost of ripping a two-year-old away from her mother? Orthodox Jews cannot support this policy. Orthodox Jews must follow the lead of Bogdat Yisrael, of the Orthodox Union, and all of those who are speaking their minds and saying this is not a policy which Torah Jews can accept. And for those Torah Jews who insist on defending Trump even in the face of something which is morally outrageous and disgraceful, I think you need to do some chashpon and efesh and wonder why you're doing that. And think about what you're defending. Try and consider the policy and the person that you're defending, that you're putting your reputation and your commitment to Torah on the line for. I don't think it's worth it. And I think we have an obligation to say otherwise. I'm Scott Kahn. You've been listening to The Orthodox Conundrum on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Jewish